Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have an NWSL weekend recap for everyone. Got some games to get through. The final month of the season is uh, it's getting spicy down the stretch. So let's uh, let's get ready to talk about that. But before we take a deep dive into everything, uh, just want to remind everyone, if you're joining us live, you can watch all of our attacking third episodes, previews, recaps, interviews all on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page to get notified whenever we go live. YouTube.com slash attacking third. We're back. Lisa, how you doing today? I'm good, Sandra. You said it. The fact that the NWSL is down the stretch, spicy things are happening. This weekend was pretty spicy, definitely hot and spicy (laughs) across the league. It was really good to watch, really fun to see um, a lot of different things in action after that international break. It's always great to see some players come back um, a little bit fired up, a little bit uh, ready to go, uh, real and dealing to to play for their club teams. Um, I am good. Happy to be back for this one. Not as many games this weekend as I would have liked to have, but we'll get into all of that. How are you? I know you were uh, dabbling in a bit of a conference this weekend, you know, running running it around town how was it it was good um yeah that's like apparently the thing that i do now love to attend conferences um this one was cool a little bit different energy it was actually local here in chicago so uh, definitely different from when i was in vegas but it was fun to chat with you um there uh you know technically live from from a hotel room in, in chicago so that was cool um and you know i guess you know that's that's maybe where we should start we should start with a little bit of a programming note quite frankly you know when we were uh preparing for the weekend slate of games over the course of last weekend one of the things we were doing was 
um, really expressing our excitement for the return of uh, WSL and the fact that Paramount Plus was going to is going to be the home for so many of the the games this season. Um, and all the coverage that we're going to start kind of integrating within uh, Attacking Third. But uh, over the weekend, it was announced that uh, Queen Elizabeth II has uh, passed away. And in light of her passing, the WSL and really all soccer of you know, around the FA was was said that uh, all the matches will be postponed. So not a ton of sports action happening um, out of Great Britain. And that also impacted Women's Super League. So we will have uh, more information about that as things come to light. Hearing September 19th might be um, a day in which we start seeing some, some matches take place again. Mm-hmm. But again, once there's official confirmation of that, um, things, uh, you know, we'll share that information with everyone. One yet, and in the meantime, we'll just have a placeholder in our hearts for Women's Super League when it finally kicks off, and we'll be able to to chat about that a little bit more in depth. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't soccer that didn't take place over the weekend. Uh, we still had a ton of NWSL action to take a look at, and uh, some some news, quite frankly, that we got to chat about as well. So let's uh, let's start with the news before we actually get into the uh, the recap of. Uh, the recap of NWSL matches. The United States women's national team announced this morning that they are going to be headed to Spain in October uh, to sort of close out the European leg of friendly. So uh, in case you forgot, I need a reminder, uh, the next set of matches that's uh, going to be lined up for U.S. women's national team here will be in Europe. Uh, there's already been a lot of excitement around the fact that they're going to be facing England uh, yeah. on October 7th. And when that was initially announced... It was said, hey, that's actually going to be a pair of friendlies, but we've got a team to be announced at a later date. Later date is today. And so it's not only going to be the Lionesses that they go up against, it's going to be Spain as well. So uh, a lot of excitement, I think, around uh, these duos uh, of the uh, of the duo of games that's going to be taking place in, in, in Europe. But I was curious for a long time who that other team was going to be, and now, now we know. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a team in around England, you know, if it was going to be someone like France. But the fact that it's Spain who in the Euros, um, in the quarterfinals, played against England of the Euros and and almost knocked them out. This this is an incredibly talented Spanish side. And I am loving watching these friendlies come up because uh, they're literally right around the corner, October 7th and then October 11th. So the United States team will head overseas to do that. Uh, But it's only the fourth ever meeting between Spain and the U S between these two sides. And and that's pretty interesting. The, the first one in 2019. So having a little bit more recent competition with this side and not seeing them that often also a top contender in the euros. This is the competition that black Mononofsky needs to be getting for this side especially heading into a World Cup year. I mean, these players need this type of competition, um, and and this is it. I'm really, really excited for this match to come. I mean, as as you mentioned, when it was announced that the U.S. was going to play England, those tickets sold out immediately. But now the fact that there's another really, really high-powered competition between Spain and the U.S., like this is going to be a fantastic, fantastic October FIFA window. Yeah, it's a uh, it's two very good teams that they're going to be going up against, and uh, I love that they're going to be going up against those teams in, in in their respective countries. I think that's also 
you know, that, that extra layer, that additional added level of a challenge to sort of prepare for, you know, the the mental side of things, quite, quite frankly, it's uh, this team has been working together for quite some time. And I would imagine that we're going to see some similar faces when those rosters do drop because the timeline and build up to the world cup is, is, is going to be a lot about, you know, building the chemistry amongst these teams. And so how are they going to, you know, play, uh, in front of crowds that are not mm-hmm. necessarily pro U.S. women's national team. So uh, exciting time uh, for for all the nations involved, I'm sure. And we're going to be keeping a close eye on those matches in October when they start rolling around. In the meantime, on the club level, let's chat NWSL. Let's recap a couple of big winners over the weekend in this one. We had some pretty hefty score lines that we got treated to. In some of these matches that we're about to break down for everyone, we're going to start with with one of the uh, the, the bigger matches. We're going to start with the match that was on Big Network CBS. I think if you're a neutral of this league and watching this type of game, I think it had a little bit of everything for everybody, quite frankly. Washington Spirit defeating San Diego Wave FC 4-3. to three. Tanner, say it again, louder for the people in the back. Look. Washington beat San Diego. <laughs> it's their first win since May. First, May first. It's uh, it, they have broken a, a ridiculous uh, un, or winless streak. We should say, uh, winless in seventeen matches. No more. Oh. They've got that elusive win that they've been chasing for quite some time. I mean, seventeen uh, is just a lot of matches. That's a lot. It's a lot win. of games to go without a win. Ten draws. You know, that's a lot of draws to have. And uh, this was, listen, being able to watch this one, just like turn on my TV and then have it on on CBS. I was like, let's go. I was like so locked in and ready for this game. And both of these teams delivered quite frankly. Like I said, again, if you're if you're a a new if you were just sort of a neutral watching this was this was probably something that got you really, really amped. And you're looking at the scoreline and you're like four to three. This was just like. All offense, you know, just vibes. Like everybody just like, you get a goal and you get a goal and you get a goal. But I think, you know, in terms of the timeline of where we are right now, we see this San Diego team trying to, you know, chase down some history. They, they've been fluctuating, um, you know, in that upper half of the table um, between one and, and, and three in terms of the spots that they're at. And then you've got this Washington spirit side that, you know, they've just been in the mostly the bottom half of the table. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what were some of your big takeaways out of this one, Lisa, whether it was performance or, or otherwise? I mean, this always happens when teams are on big CBS. This was a one o'clock Saturday match. The teams show up and they show out and <laughs> It was truly fun to watch. I mean, this game was just fantastic. Heading into it, um, Andy Sullivan, defensive midfielder for the Spirit, was listed as unavailable and not available for this game. And um, that kind of concerned me a little bit heading into this one. But ultimately, um, they're... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Washington's able to kind of work around that. I mean, they've they played so much this year without in July without a lot of their internationals. Um, but, but this game was just back and forth and it started early, early on. I mean, San Diego putting a lot of pressure on them, but, but Washington getting an equalizer right at the, the beginning of this game uh, because Shaw gets the opening goal, Jaden Shaw, who second game 
for San Diego, scores again, scores a couple in this one. So the fact that this type of player in Jaden Shaw at 17 years old is making this big of an impact is fantastic. We got to talk about Amber Brooks, right? I love when defenders <laughs> get goals. She didn't get one. She got two. <laughs> Truly like a fantastic game for Brooks. Um, like really her first goal was just like a little bit of a toe poke and that's all they needed, right? Like that's all it took. If it was a shot, it would have been deflected just a toe poke. It gets in. Um, then she gets the second one just a few minutes later. The fact that at halftime it was three, one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> truly, oh my goodness. Truly crazy to think about. Alex Morgan ends up getting a brace in this one as two. So she ends with 15 goals on the year, uh, five for five on penalty kicks. So don't give San Diego a penalty kick when Morgan's on the pitch because it's going in the back of the net. I think Tara McGeown had a fantastic game. She's one of the players uh, we highlighted in the preview just to, to know that um, she can make such a big impact in games for Washington. This was this game had a little bit of everything, and I loved it. Drama, penalty kicks, great goals, cheeky yeah. goals, sloppy goals. I loved it. I loved files. it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. files. Some, some people think miss files as well. Um, yeah, cards definitely issued in this one, right? It was All over the place. That maybe kind of came in uh, down the stretch of this match. Uh, but I think if you're, again, we're talking about, uh, certain matchups down the stretch here. I think if you're looking at certain teams and different phases of their seasons, you know, what can come out of some of these matches. And I think if you're one of these sort of bottom half table teams that necessarily isn't eliminated, uh, you know, or um, trying to sort of close out your season in a more competitive manner, going up against, uh, you know, an upper half table team that are kind of jockeying for position, you know, between one through six, you're going to probably, we're probably going to get maybe a few more of these mat type of matches. I don't know if we're going to be ending in seven, um, seven goal score lines, but you know, in terms of the level of competition, in terms of the, you know, the, the fight and the spirit, no, no pun intended, but uh, that, that we might be seeing in some of these games, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start, you know, seeing some, some similar things uh, down the stretch. I think those are some of the big takeaways, right? I, I thought it was a really good game from, from Rodman. I thought she was a menace on the pitch uh, for, for the spirit and, and, and giving fits to the back line of, uh, of San Diego. And I think, you know, Alex Morgan adding to this, to this total goal score um, in terms of the golden boot rate that, that we're all kind of keeping oh a, an eye on. Um, she looks like she's kind of, is she, is she pulling away with the, with this? You know, I mean, there's still, there's still a handful of games left here for, for some players to make an impact. You know, we see Sophia Smith still kind of right behind her and Indiana Ordonez as well. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, when you look at this, Alex Morgan, 15 goals, um, Dan Ardonia's 11, Smith, 11, Ashley Hatch and, and Pew, both with eight. It, yes, I mean, Morgan is pulling away. 15 to 11 is, is a bit of a difference in terms of how many games are left to play in this season, right? Like that's, that's what, obviously what you have to look at. San Diego already at 19 games played, whereas North Carolina, they're at 17. But the way that Diana Ordonez is dealing with a bit of a knock, uh, still trying to get back into the swing of things. Like, yeah, this is Alex Morgan's golden boot race at this point. And she's had people come really close. She's been tied at the top. Um, but she, when she's scoring two a, ga a game, it's it's really easy for her to continue to to rack up these goals. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if she wins at the end of the year. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it 
for sure. Exciting times coming out of that match between the Spirit and the Wave. But we've got another big winner uh, over the weekend with another massive scoreline. North Carolina Courage going up against Racing Louisville FC. This one ending in a six-goal scoreline. Five to one uh, going all three points going to the courage in this one. Lisa, I believe if memory serves me correctly, we both had the courage. Yes. In yes. this one, in terms of our pick, and I think in the, the previous match, I think we both went San Diego as well. Uh, love to be incorrect and, and talk yeah. about that, but also like to be right. We, we got a lot of tweets at us like, hey guys, keep picking against Washington. Listen, like they finally did it. it we, we all we love to see the wins. Like we all got jobs to do. Listen, yeah. we all got roles to play. Play, right and that we're just doing we're just doing ours uh courage taking all three points in this one we we made the made a correct pick uh you know in in this match uh, this one you know i think uh maybe let's start with with uh before we start talking all about the the, the big winners in this one i think this match what uh, at least i think it effectively eliminates racing yes. louisville from uh playoff contention so we now have two teams uh eliminated from you know vying for for a spot in the 2022 playoffs it's both louisville and gotham we'll chat mo- a little bit more about gotham but um louisville effectively out of contention to make a run at the playoffs and uh they're they just sort of close it out with a massive, massive loss. Uh, yeah. I'm not too sure if there's a lot here to sort of build off of for this team going into the next week. I mean, a 5-1 scoreline is can sometimes be a little bit demoralizing, especially if you're a team that just kind of hasn't been clicking at the moment. They've been picking up a, a couple losses, and it turns out they've been keeping picking up losses with these kind of massive scorelines. So this is another scoreline where they're sort of losing a game by – by four goals, right? They had that 4-0 yeah. loss to Chicago as well. And I think, um, you know, if you're looking at the current side of things, obviously you're still making a push uh, yeah. for, for that upper half of the table. So, so as you mentioned, I mean, with this or with this racing Louisville side, even it, it's, there's not much to come from this, right? Like, it's almost like, all right, let's finish out the season. We're, we're out of playoffs. How can we build on next year? How can this team start establishing a foundation to move forward with? Because even the goal, the lone goal that racing Louisville got in this five, one beating by North Carolina, it was already three, nothing at that point The yeah. the goal came in the 72nd minute and it came off of a, a bad play by North Carolina, a really bad turnover and a mispass in the back that Nadia Nadim can just jump on. But even like it, the lack of energy from her after she scored that goal was a little bit like understandable of like, yeah, we're not winning this game. Like this is, this is a bit of a struggle. But when you look at the North Carolina side of it, this is a team that has a, has a bright future. I mean, they can score so many goals. They have five in this one, which is insane. Caroline, she ends up getting a a brace in this match. Um, Tess Bodie ends up getting her first NWSL goal. We talked about her in the preview of this one because I I think that Tess Bodie is a player that's come in for North Carolina and made a difference. She's been an impact for this one. Um, But but the Dabinia combinations with Caroline, it's it's really fun to watch. There's a PK in this one. Uh, Of course, Dabinia takes it and finishes it. So a brace for Caroline, a brace for Davinia. Tess Bodie ends up getting the fifth one for North Carolina. Um, and it started early, right? Like at ninth minute is when North Carolina got on the board first. And it, they just kind of ran away with the game towards the end of this one. And, and it is a bit sad, a bit of a heartbreak for Racing Louisville. But I think this is a team that can 
maybe try to play spoiler for some teams down the stretch. But honestly, I say they just look ahead to next year. They look ahead to what they can do, maybe try out different formations. We already saw that uh, playing a bit of a box in their last couple of games in that midfield with a 4-2-2-2. Try that out. Keep going with that. See where different players fit in uh, around the pitch and how this team can grow moving forward. I mean, I think that's the bottom line for Louisville. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Shout out to Lucy here. I love this North Carolina courage. Uh, yeah, love that. The uh, the Brazilian international is having a massive game in this one for, for the courage. And um, obviously a team that we're going to continue to keep an eye on as this win bump them up in the standings and knocks a team like Orlando pride a little bit further into the bottom half. So with the courage having an extra game in hand, it's going to get exciting down the stretch here. Something that we're going to absolutely have to pay attention to something else uh, that we're going to pay attention to with movement happening in the standings this weekend, the Kansas city current moving into first place on the league table after a one zero win against New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, Gotham FC, the other team that is officially eliminated from yeah. playoff contention uh, based off of their previous match, quite quite frankly. So already kind of going into this game um, and maybe having a different mindset going into this one, right? Yeah. We're talking about sort of just closing out your season's um, strong competitive. And, and honestly, I think, again, to talk about the um, the losing side first before we talk a little bit about the, the winners and how how they did, um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of, the, of that difference, I think, for this Gotham team. I think the that's something that we were looking for. You know, we were looking for more competitive games, you know, from, from this team, you know, different body languages and energy from – from the players when they're when they're going out there and, and, and taking uh, taking the pitch, and I think we're we're finally seeing that a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you've got nothing to lose, you know what you know you start maybe playing a little bit differently, and maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit with you know interim head coach human season and the player sort of just saying like, Hey, we, we got to close this out. And we didn't necessarily see that in some of the games from Gotham, maybe coming out of that July international window. And then through August where we just saw again, just not really just not good by language, not a lot of ideas on the pitch. And we're not necessarily seeing that anymore. We're seeing players go out there and, and be very, very competitive. And um, you know, this one, again, another one of these games where we see it's a narrow scoreline, for for Gotham and perhaps had you know the potential to 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 yeah. be a draw so something similar that we saw when they went up against North Carolina Courage but Casey ended up taking all the points in this one. Yeah, Gotham had so many great opportunities in this one. They come so close. And and Sandra, you just talked about it, how this team looks different and they look like they have a bit more spunk to them. 100% of that credit goes to Humenzies, I think, because he's a coach that came in here and decided to shake things up, just give them a new look, new conversations in the training room, um, uh, on the pitch about new ideas that they can have. And we've seen a variety of, of movement on the pitch for this Gotham side. They're still not producing results, but I mentioned this a bit with when talking about racing Louisville. How can you learn? How can you teach these players, um, grow them in different roles, different understandings, and still uh, use these final games despite being out of the playoffs as an opportunity and as ways to grow because we saw Ali Krieger for Humanzies playing in that defensive midfield six role. Now we saw her in the center back and in a three five two. The first time we've seen Gotham in a three five two formation. So the the options are there. 
And I think a lot of that credit goes to humanities for trying to switch things up, trying to do things different. And then, of course, the players for for buying into that and wanting to work hard and wanting to do it and create ch- chances and look to get on the board um, because they did just that. I mean, I think Anamanu had a good game of getting in behind, as we talked about it, the the national team rub coming back from, from playing over the international break. A player like Anamanu comes in and she tries to get in behind. She tries to get on the board. I think Paige Monahan has done a fantastic job for Gotham this year. And and Kansas City, I mean, uh, Claire Lavogay is really a huge pickup for this Kansas City side. She had a fantastic game against Gotham. Um, uh, this for Michelle Bedos in, in goal for Gotham. She had a really good game, five saves on the night. But ultimately, it's another penalty kick where like, uh, how many penalty oh, kicks is this throughout the weekend so far? Another penalty kick in this match. Haley Mace gets it. Lola Bonta was off the pitch at this point. So um, also no update on her availability and injury status, but Mace ends up uh, getting the PK. Yeah, I, I just, oh my gosh. I Just looking at the kind of situational moment there in the box, it, it just sort of appeared to me both in, in live and in time and kind of on the replay that, Allie Krieger looked to, to sort of kind of have some things in, in control. And, and of course, in some of those situations, maybe you come in and, and help, help a teammate and try to close things out. But, but Lavalier, um correctly kind of, you know, reading the scenario in front of her and winning a foul, not a great, uh, not a good time um, for, okay. for Jean uh, to go ahead and, and, and commit the foul, but it's soccer plays out that way. Sometimes it, yeah, it, was, a bad, a, it was a really bad it, foul. It was, totally not a good, it was not a good decision and not a good decision you, that was made. You got by, them by, defenders were on her and yeah, there's not no a good decision that. that was made by by any means, and uh, it ends up leading to to the lone goal. The lone goal in this game comes by way of um, of a penalty kick, which, quite frankly, maybe that that you know mm-hmm. we look at the other side of things and the and the Kansas City side of things in in this game. You know, it looks for a second here that they're going up against Gotham FC, and I think if you're this upper half table team. You know, and, and and you're gunning for you know the possibility of reaching the, the obtaining the shield or or winning that first place, um, and first week by in, into into the playoffs. And you're looking at things, and you're potentially a top three team going up against a last place team, and you, you're going to want to look at those teams and say like, hey, we're going to go out there and, and beat this team. This is professional sports. There is nothing unfair yeah. about saying that that you're a team that's you know a very good team playing playing well on a bit of a undefeated streak of your own and you're looking at the opposition and you're saying you know what we're we have a better roster and we're playing better soccer right now we need to go out there and beat this team and that was not necessarily the case for Kansas City current in this game against Gotham uh again perhaps uh you know the, the different shape that humanities had got them mm-hmm. in kind of combating some things with Kansas City and you know kind of looking at the subs in this one Matt Potter making his subs you know kind of around the hour mark maybe keeping an eye on the fact that Kansas City has a mid week match coming up against uh, against Chicago Red Star. So you maybe you're thinking a little bit about the quick turnaround as well. You know, Sunday to Wednesday is not a lot of time. Um, so, you know, bringing off a a, a Koran or bring on a Koran for, for Labonta, uh, bringing on an Elise Bennett for a Kaiser, maybe trying to preserve some legs here for the midweek. And I'm not saying that's a little bit of a white flag and saying, like, we're going to concede this game. And if we play out to a draw, we play out to a draw. But clearly there's a game plan in place for for this team. And so 
to have this kind of the, this goal come by, you know, the way that it did via a penalty kick, it's it, maybe it's a little bit of a testament to, yes, the type of season that Gotham has been having, but perhaps as well Kansas City and the way they have been able to sort of manage these games and scratch out results, yeah. whether draws or, or wins and scratching out these points. So it's it's a testament, I think, in different ways to, to each team in the season that they that they have been um they've been having and uh it turns out it's just a a, a late uh penalty kick conversion was all the current needed um and it, it, frankly week. it wasn't that pretty of a of a game between these two sides mm-hmm. i mean there there was action there was shots and there was moments of that but the fact that kansas city gets this one nil win um and they become first in the nwsl standings is huge for a side that finished dead last last yeah. year um, yeah. I, I think that this Kansas City side, the Longs, Matt Potter, the players for the Kansas City current should be very proud of themselves um, because it's been really fun to watch this evolution of a team. Absolutely. Uh, love to talk about the big winners over the weekend. We have three more games to get through and we're going to go through all of the action after a quick break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's chat about the remaining three games that took place over the weekend. Let's start with Orlando Pride versus Portland Thorns because we had a very special moment in in this game. Portland Thorns taking all three points, winning 2-0 on the road against the Pride. Lisa, I think we both had Thorns picked in this one as well. Yes, yes, we did both have Portland taking a win in this one. Love that for us. Uh, Tell me what you thought about this game. Yeah, I mean, we both had Portland winning this one, and and they did just that. Orlando, a team that um, has found themselves on a bit of a roller coaster towards the end of this season. They they picked up wins. They were picking up points. Now as they head home to Exploria Stadium to play a, a handful of matches, Seb Hines, interim head coach, wanted to make it a very difficult place for opponents to come in and play. Um, but but they are, they're still struggling against some of these really high-level teams. I mean, you look at Portland and, and the depth they have of their bench, of the versatility of the players on the pitch, um, how, how they're able to kind of float in and out of different rotations 
transitions and formations. They, they Portland makes it look really, really easy throughout this year. Um, so in, in this match, I think uh, the fact that it, it started in the first half, um, getting on the board, Yasmin Ryan, a player that has just stepped up incredibly, incredibly this year for Portland. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, Yasmin Ryan has been a player that, you know, I've be, we've both been keeping an eye on for, for Portland Thorns. And we really, we really kind of felt that this was the player that was going to go ahead and um, maybe have an impact for this team specifically during the midway point of this season. I remember when we were out in, in, in LA to, to go ahead and kind of kick off the, the CONCACAF uh, championship that was going to be, you know, taking place in July. And, and we were there for that Portland game against angel city where they came back and draw. And a huge part of that was, was the play of, of Yasmin Ryan. And I just really feel like this, this player has absolutely forced the issue, right? It's, it's she's become a player that other teams have absolutely have to prepare for when it comes to looking at the Portland Thorns coming into town yeah. or going on the road. Like it's not just like, hey, it's like, how are we gonna um, contain somebody like Sophia Smith? How do we make sure we go ahead and limit what somebody like uh, Christine Sinclair can do? It's 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 more than that. It's like you have to take a look at players like Yasmin Ryan and quite frankly, Hina Sagita in, in yeah. this one as well. Two players that have stepped up massively for the Thorns in this 2022 season. Huge, huge. I mean, Hina Sugita has done a lot for this Portland side, but it, throughout this game, I think Morgan Weaver was a fantastic player for Portland. Um, she ended up being a, a, the main reason that they had a, so many possessions and attacks, whether she was holding up the play or getting in behind, she ended up having 11 touches in the opposition box leading Portland. It was <laughs> really like a, a great game from them. Um, no Aaron McLeod in goal for Orlando yeah. that kind of threw things off. Yeah. I know, I know that when we did our August team of, of the month, this was a player that you had kind of giving the, the accolades to a little bit saying like, Hey, you had a really good August for your team. I'm going to name you as goalkeeper of the month for my team for, for my team of August. And, you know, they had had a really great streak in, in August. If you're the pride team and, you know, having somebody like McLeod unable to go ahead or unable to, to go in a game like this against the thorns, I think perhaps, I don't want to say the writing was on the wall, but it wasn't going to be, um, it wasn't going to be an easy task for this pride team that has, uh, that the, not only were they were without somebody like McLeod, but in the midfield, they were without somebody like a, you know, a Viviana Villacorta, someone who's also stepped up for this team very recently and it was announced that she had a successful ankle surgery, but because of that surgery is going to be out for the remainder of the season for the pride. So, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I think in, in terms of looking at this game and in terms of what was perhaps won and what was lost, I think if you're looking at the pride, obviously not only did they suffer a loss in this game, they're now bumped a little bit further into that lower half of the table still on the outside looking in, not too sure if they can still find their footing and make a run, quite frankly, at this point. Mathematically, no, they're not eliminated, but they've got some very interesting games in front of them, and they're going to possibly be uh, without some pieces, right? And then you're looking at the Portland Thorns. The other side of things, not only do they get this 2-1 or 2-0 win over the Pride, 
they they end out the game not only on that win but on another positive note by reintroducing Crystal Dunn into the match and getting huge, her some minutes. Huge. This is insane. I mean, when this happened and, and I mean, frankly, availability report came out and she was not listed as out for maternity leave. Um, I mean, this is amazing. She's a superwoman. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That was, I mean, quite frankly, um, highlight of the weekend. My favorite part of the game in this one. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Let's uh, let's chat a little bit about another uh, winner that took place uh, over the weekend. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Houston versus Angel City. Excuse me. These are the draws that we're talking about now, not the winners. That was the first segment. We got two draws to close out our episode today. Uh, let's chat a little bit about Houston Dash and Angel City. This one closed out the weekend. This one a narrow, a narrow scoreline, one one for the draw in on this one. But uh, I like the goals that came out of this game. Massive stunner of a goal from Maria Sanchez. Uh, you love Holy to see it. I love to see it. It was a beautiful goal. Quite quite frankly, could be could be a candidate for goal of the year. I don't know. That's just me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, th- this goal was fantastic from Maria Sanchez. Um, uh, so this match between Houston and Angel City in Houston, it was this was a really good battle, right? This was one of the teams and, and the matches that was potentially going to influence standings and kind of what happens at this one. Houston did drop a little. They're now at fourth, just based on how the other teams did, and Angel City still in seventh, right out of outside of that playoff contention spot. But I mean, the goal for Maria Sanchez was absolutely fantastic but I think the way you look at like the overall game for this one between Houston and Angel City it was right before halftime that Houston ended up getting this opportunity from Sanchez and then the response from Angel City in the 49th minute right at the start of the second half was really good so um like the the fact that the middle of this game was a bit back and forth between these two sides just it, it was good to see kind of how they balanced each other out because this matchup was really good and really fun to watch. I think Jane Campbell had a really good match in goal for, for Houston. Um, Simone Charlie ends up getting the goal for Angel City in this one and a bit of a breakdown defensively for Houston's side. That I was going to say, I'm going to walk that back a little bit. I don't know. Jane Hank Campbell had a pretty big gaffe in this one as well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the, def- the defensive efforts there for Houston struggle. I mean, they've had lapses all season where – they can't uh, close out games or, or they let up silly goals like that. And Simone Charlie just made it look so easy. That's why oh forwards put high pressure on because little moments like that happen. Same for racing Louisville. That's how Nadia Nadim got the goal. She was just waiting. It was an errant pass by North Carolina. And, yeah. and same thing here for Charlie. And she's able to just walk it in the goal. And these two sides end up splitting the points. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Simone Charlie has been really really bringing it on for angel city over their most recent weeks it's like you know this is a team that has been without kristen press and will continue to be without kristen press for the remainder of the season due to her uh, acl injury but they've also you know been without sydney larue as well who's been sort of navigating an ankle injury but looking at simone charlie and her ability on the pitch and not just like as a forward who was able to like capitalize on uh you know what defensive backlines give her you know finding those pockets of space and exploiting them but the leadership that it looks like she's providing this team right now on the pitch i think is not being talked about a whole lot and you could just sort of see it in the way she plays on the pitch and in the body language in which she sort of is 
also providing direction for uh, you know the teammates around here. You love you love to see that. I think from from a player who, in my opinion, I feel sort of taking those next those next steps, you know, in in their in their pro career. And it's cool to see her doing it with a team uh, like Angel City. The, the the draw not enough to 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 get uh, Angel City up into the uh, upper half of the standings. They've been on the outside looking in for weeks now, just sort of hovering around that seventh place, and they weren't able to make that leap because not only did they get a draw, but the Chicago Red Stars also getting a draw as well on the road against OL Reign. This is Chicago's fourth game away. This sort of concludes that kind of long road trip from from August rolling into September here. But uh, it almost sort of looked a little bit as if perhaps this game was going to go one way and then it just didn't. Uh, you you had a player like Mal Pugh, quite frankly, try to go ahead and and make sure that Chicago, uh, you know, remains uh, in, in playoff conversations. We had, uh, you know, both teams kind of feeling each other out a little bit here. First goal not coming until the 18th minute with uh, Jordan. Jordan Heidema getting on the board first, looking it's mm-hmm. sort of like seeing some familiar uh, things here for the Chicago team. It, these goals that they've been conceding have been coming off of. Um, you talked a little bit about it with with Houston, Lisa. It's similar for Chicago. There's been these these awkward kind of defensive gaffes and, and, and errors that sort of lead to these these breakthrough goals. And we saw it for for Heidema, but Chicago kind of playing into that. Sometimes when you have that team get that first goal, it kind of shakes things up a little bit. And we saw things kind of level each other out a little bit. Uh, we saw Ella Stevens go ahead and get the equalizer for Chicago just ahead of halftime. And then I think if you're Chicago, perhaps the game plan was saying, hey, we're going to bring in a couple of our better players this year. Mal Pugh, Bianca St. George is coming into the second half and then going and chasing it a little bit more after the oil rain. And we've got uh, – Another penalty that, that took place over the course of the weekend. Uh, someone's going to have to give us a total number of what we uh, have for penalty kick conversions out of this particular week. But Danny Colaprico making it 2-1 before Rose Lavelle links up with Megan Rapino for another banger. I don't know. It, it, it's it's For me, it's Sanchez and Lavelle. These were the two goals yes. that, that were be- most beautiful for me. They truly were stunning. I mean, the Sanchez goal was was something special, but who would have thought Rose Lavelle is now an aerial threat? Um, <laughs> but she sure is. I mean, Rose Lavelle can find ways to score. And, and anywhere on the pitch, apparently. Literally anywhere on the pitch. Um, just a fantastic stuff uh, from from the Chicago OL Reign side. Um, when we picked these sides, I had a draw. And you. you had Chicago in this one. So, of course, I, I got my prediction right. So I had to throw it out it. there. <laughs> I love that. I love that for you, buddy. I love I love this for both Old Rain and Chicago. Again, this is too. Again, we're talking about points just separating number five, number six, number seven as well in the standings. And everybody just sort of kind of staying in place once more with with that mm-hmm. trio of teams just sort of closing things out with uh, with draws. And I think if you're Chicago, you're, you know, perhaps you're like, it's too bad we could have possibly had this win. A massive, massive game from a listener. Unfortunately, Rose Lavelle just said, I'm going to go out here and do it myself and just <laughs> got on the end of this ball from Rapino and just shot it uh, from distance. And not a whole lot you can get on that, I think, if you're even the best goalkeeper uh, in the world. But um, they are sort of keeping things at bay and both teams walking out with a draw. And if you're Chicago, perhaps maybe you're like, hey, we didn't get all three points, but we walked away with the result. And you're yeah. walking away with welcoming the return of Morgan Gatra. You know, you think you're, you're looking at 
you're looking at your roster in front of you. You're looking at the matches in front of you and you're saying, hey, what can we do to possibly really make a run here? And I have to imagine uh, somebody like a trial working her way back into form is going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think with a game like this that ended up shaking itself out to a draw, you're grateful to have a player like that who could maybe kind of settle the ball down and help you close things out but we'll see we'll see where that takes chicago we see we'll see where uh something like this takes ol rain but that's it that's a wrap for all these games uh some we got right some we got wrong we love when we get them wrong because we get a chance to talk about them as well and we always love when you join us live so thanks everybody uh in the chat or just lurking and watching for for joining us today and talking all things nwsl Thanks, as always, for listening to Attacking Third. You can download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Subscribe to us on YouTube to know whenever we go live. And Lisa and I will be back later this week to chat all things soccer. Thanks for joining us. This was Attacking Third. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.